Welcome back to another edition of Every Step of the Way Bible Study Discussion Group. Um, a little more information about us. We're more of a discussion forum. A group of brothers that get together every Tuesday and talk about the gospel, share the gospel, share scriptures. And we tie it in with real life situations and, and try to make it plain. And, and hopefully everybody can relate to it. And, and we try to just bounce things off each other and make it make sense to to the average man or even a seasoned, even a seasoned person in the word. So hopefully you enjoy it. It's the group discussion everyone wants more of. The type of conversation people want to be a part of. We share the gospel, scriptures, and we talk real life situations. You've heard us and followed us on Facebook Live. Now you can watch us right here on the Vision Live Network. The wait is over. It's now time for the Hour of Truth. Welcome to the Every Step of the Way Bible Discussion Podcast. The Real starts now. God, our Redeemer and our Savior. And for that, we want to say thank you. Thank you, Father. Lord. Night on Tuesday night. Father, we ask that this word go through the airways, go to every heart, every mind, soul, and every spirit. That someone will call and ask, what must I do to be saved? Father, where they can have a personal relationship with God as we go on this Christian journey. Father, we ask you to bless the men that are represented here on tonight, dear God. And we ask the Lord, the teacher that's going to come on tonight, touch him from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. Father, use him for your will and for your purpose. Yes, because, Lord. Father, you get the honor and you get the praise. Father, we know that even in this time of the pandemic, Father, you're still protecting us, lead us and guide us. Well, you said no weapon formed against us shall prosper because we are more than conquerors. Father, bless these mighty men of God, Lord. Continue to use us, Lord, because only what we do for you will ever last. Father, mm, we on. to give you the glory, continue to give you the honor as we continue to walk by faith and not by sight. For us, in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. And let all of God's men say, God's people say, amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome prayer, Brother George Strong, too. Before, God, I, turn it over, before I turn it over to Brother, Brother Glenn, man, I want to share. Um, last night, um, yesterday, um, Brother Josh asked me to meet him to pick up a piece of furniture. That wouldn't fit. <laughs> biggest piece of furniture I ever seen in in in, in a uh, box. Biggest, biggest piece. So we, I met him, man, and we threw it on the back of the truck, took it to the house, and man, it was. It was I, I had the honor to to meet the kids for the very first time, man. And for the last, from the last four or five weeks, maybe six weeks, uh -huh. we, we've been stuck. They've been they've been. We talk on Wednesdays or Thursdays and they share with me what they've been studying. And man, you know, they say we learn and we, you run into people and everybody learn from everybody, man. And and they was sharing last week was Ezekiel, was it Ezekiel exile? Mm -hmm. And they and they talked about the, the breaking of the bones and the tendons. Mm. Bro, they broke that down and they was talking about what it meant to in God's terms for us to people rebuilding the people, man. Ezekiel thirty-seven. Yeah, bro, I was blown away, man. Those kids are such—they such a blessing to 
Tuesday night is the highlight of the week for me, but the next highlight for me is to, to talk. And the thing is, they tell me what we're going to talk about next week. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing nothing. I'm, they, I'm telling we're going to study such X, Y, Z. So make sure you study it. Like that's, that's who they are to me, man. But I just wanted to share that with them, man. They just the best kids. I love them, man. Oh, with that man, being said, nice. turn it over to brother Glenn. Let's oh, rock. Gosh. Amen. Somebody has something? No, I was just saying, I just ordered the book. No, okay. Okay. Glenn, you have, who all have it already? Uh, I got to find it. I ain't, I don't know what I did with it, but I, I, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, just once everybody get it, man, just let me know. And then the next week after everybody get it, man, we'll start that process of walking through it and getting a better um, understanding of the principles or what it takes to be a uh, kingdom man. So with that said, Brother Glenn, that's right. All right, Amen. man. Hey, man, God bless brothers, you know, for the opportunity, man. God has been dealing with me about issues of healing. I mean, with the things that I have been going through for years in my in my body and and how it's affected my life uh, as a whole. And a lot of it has been restricting, you know, and because, you know, being an ex-athlete, my body was my tool, it was my weapon of warfare. And so, you know, I took care of it, but at the same time, playing sports at the level that we did, man, it, it did a lot of damage. And then mm -hmm. going into the military, I, you know, I, I ran into okay. some more damage. And so, I had been dealing with some things and, and mostly the things that I had been dealing with was the emotional side of it. Okay. It's something that when you are a man that your limitations become so big in your eyes. And, um, and I was sitting there and I think, you know, my pastor had preached on the, um, no, I'm sorry, it was T.D. Jakes. I was watching him and uh, he was teaching on the woman that came to Jesus on the behalf of her daughter in Matthew 15. And mm. how, you know, he said that I'm not only sent but to the lost house of Israel, the children of Israel, and it's not me to give the children's bread unto dogs. And she said, even the dogs eat from the mass crumbs of the fall from the master's table. And he said, not as great faith as I have seen. Uh, your faith has, your daughter was made whole from that very hour. And I got thinking about the difference what is the difference between being healed and being made whole and mm. man it, it is mm. a big difference i did not realize how much of a chasm there was between being healed and being made whole in the actuality so i i, I set out to get the definitions to get mm -hmm. my understanding so i'm gonna give you the definitions of the the multiple definitions of being healed the multiple definitions of being made whole and how they are actually incorporated in our life. So if we look at the definition of to be healed, it means to become sound or healthy again. That is one definition. The next definition is to alleviate the person's distress or anger, anger, anguish. And the other one is to correct or put right an undesirable situation. And that first part says to become sound and healthy again. A lot of times, that's what we connotate when we say we want to be healed. Uh, we, we're talking about the health aspect of it and all that comes with the health aspect of it, the emotional, the pain in your body, and the, the, the certain situation that you're dealing with at that moment. 
um, we go to the doctor for him to practice healing on us. And, you know, they tell us that medical science is not an exact science. So right. it is actually a practice because there is no guarantee at right. the outcome that the doctor may give you or the physician or the person that is treating you about what you're going through. It is just telling you at that moment, this is possibly what can happen. So it gives us that, that road. Um, the, the definition to alleviate the person's distress or anguish, uh, to alleviate distress or anguish sometimes means to pull out of the situation, to be put somewhere else, um, to be removed from so that you are not in an unhealthy situation. Like when child welfare services goes into an environment where children need to be taken out and they take that child out because they said the conditions are unhealthy for a child. So, the, so we look at healthy as being something that is situational. To correct or put right, exactly that, an undesirable situation. So when we look at that term or we ask God about healing, we're talking to a specific situation. We're not really talking about the, the whole aspect of it. We're talking about that one thing that is causing discomfort, distress, and causing us to feel like we fall short. And so we look at that and on that side of it, it looks like that when we're thinking we're praying for the right thing to be healed, in actuality, we're only praying for a portion of what we are needing from God. He says, now, so when I did that, I went and I looked up the definition of being made whole. Uh, before I go, anybody got any questions so far about the definitions of being healed? Any comment? Amen. And then I went and I looked at the definition of being made whole. And that one was, was what kind of got me to um, change my aspect on what I had been praying for. Uh, to be made whole means to restore, to put to a sound, healthy, uh, otherwise favorable condition. It is more encompassing when you're saying you want to be made whole. Um, restoration means to be put back the way it was before um, it was broken. Now, I like that because when you look at that word to restore or restoration, I often tell people restoration means better than new because of the fact that when it was new, it was made with a particular technology. But when you restore it, that is technology that has come behind the original technology that is better for what has been built in the first place, which makes it more stable and more likely to run better than it did when it was new. For instance, I can take a 1969 Mustang that I bought and there'd be absolutely nothing wrong with it. But if I take it through a restoration process, I can upgrade the brakes, I can upgrade the engine, I can upgrade the interior with better material, uh, better wiring, copper-free, uh, air-free copper wire for better conductivity, better uh, components for uh, brakes, suspension. And the car may look still like a 69 Mustang, but run way better because it has newer technology in it, even though it looks the same. And so when we look at that being made whole to be restored means that I'm going to put it back better than it was when it was first damaged. And so when he says it to restore to a sound, that means it's solid. That means on all sides, it is completely full and nothing can be taken out of it because that's what God has desired for, to be put in a better position than what it was in the first place. 
And so when we look at restoration and we're talking to it on that level, we're talking about being made whole. That means that whenever we're missing at that moment, when we get it back from God, we're being put better back better than new. And it even incorporates a, a sound, healthy, or otherwise favorable condition. That lets us know that it also encompasses that situational healing that we're asking for. Um, a legal definition of it is to pay or reward damages sufficient enough to put the party that was damaged back into the position that they would have been if the um, fault had never occurred. So when okay. we're talking about to be made whole and we're talking about it in an the aspect there in our body, then we're looking at God putting us back in a better position than we were when we were injured in the first place. And I know you say, okay, what does that mean scripturally? It means scripturally we've been praying for the wrong thing because, you know, Jesus told the disciples go and heal the sick. That was what he was giving them. Right. And, but, but he wanted them to give enough faith that people could understand that they could go beyond the healing into wholeness. And that's what he was providing. He said that I came that you may have life. That means healing and that more abundantly. That means whole because what he provides is always greater than what we're praying for. That's why he says in Ephesians 3 and 20, I am able to do a seemingly abundantly above all you can ask or think by the power which worketh in you through Christ Jesus. Now, the thing, like I said, Matthew 15 got my attention. When she went, she went for a healing. And she refused to leave before she got what her daughter needed. And so when she approached him, she approached him at a position of humbleness. And his test began at the approach. Because when right. she came into him, she came, he was in a city where they had no kind of relationship with Jews. They were at the, the corner of Tyre and, and Sadar. And so, and so when coming into him, these are pagan people. He's in a place full of pagan people. And here one of the pagans come and ask him for a favor. And his conversation is, I'm only sent to the lost house of Israel. Well, unfortunately, in the region that you're in, there ain't no Israelites because those people don't have dealings with them. And remember the woman at the well, when he came to her, she said, what dealings do I have with you a Jew? You don't, you don't come in with me. We don't have the same God. We don't follow the same rules. Abraham is our father also, but we, we don't get down. We're a mixed race. We have mixed understanding. And he was sitting there because he was getting ready to engage her in a manner that was going to cause her to have to test her faith. And so when he began to talk, he got up and ignored her. He walked away. And disciples followed with him. And the conversation with him was put her out. That's what they told him. And that's when he turned to her and said, I, I can't give you what you're asking for because it's not meat for me to give the children bread unto dog. And she makes the, the declaration of faith. Even the children eat from the, mat, the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And he said, not greater faith have I seen. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. And he told her it was because of her faith. And so when I began to just study even the more, it put me into the mind of where I looked into, um, I want to say it's John chapter five. Yeah. John chapter five about the story about the man at the pool of Bethesda. This is an interesting story because it says for 38 years, this man was in this condition. 
a lot of us have been dealing with situations in our body and our spirit and our soul that are keeping us from living our best life for a long time. We're holding on to grudges. We're holding on to unforgiveness. We're holding on to things that have been poisoning our body and our spirit and our mind and our soul for a long, long time. I mean, I'm speaking for me. I know I have. There's some things that I'm really asking God to help me with on this journey. And what what he's showing right here, he said, even though you've been going through this for a long time, there is going to come a day that you're going to come in contact with God and you're going to be asked a question. And at the uh, question is where you're going to test and see if you're really ready to give up what you've been holding on to. And so I'm going to read this and then I'm going to go a little bit more in depth. And it says, John chapter five, beginning at verse two. So now there was in Jerusalem a sheep market pool, which was called by the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the war. For an angel went down at a certain season in the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first ever after the troubling of the water was stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. And a certain man had been there which had an infirmity of 30 and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he, how long a time in that case, and said unto him, will thou be made whole? That's important right there because it says that by tradition, there was a certain season that healing can take place, that you could be made whole. And you had to wait by that pool at that time. I don't believe in my mind's eye that that was a coincidence that Jesus decided to go to the pool at this time. Because at a certain season, I mean, traditionally, the people knew about the time that the water would be troubled. They didn't stay there all the time. It just means annually or at that certain time that it had happened before, they would appear there and gather waiting on the moment that the water was troubled. And that the thing that was there was that the impotent man couldn't get there on his own. rely on people to bring him there and set him there and I'm sure with the hope of him getting his healing or being made whole they sat him as close to the pool as they possibly could now the thing about it is is that you had to be paying attention because if you weren't paying attention you didn't see when the water was troubled it's the same thing with us if we're not paying attention and we don't have our eye on God we miss sometimes our season our opportunities, the things that God is trying to get us to see. And and in missing those opportunities, I mean, we may have to repeat the process more than one time. Here it is for 38 years, this man had to repeat the process. Now here comes Jesus and said when he saw him knowing how long he had been there. Now he'd been there 38 years. Jesus is 33. How, Mm -hmm. how, understand? Wow. Right. He'd been in that situation longer than Jesus had been alive. Yeah, right. And here it is, Jesus comes to offer him something that seems crazy to the man. He said, will thou be made whole? The man said, I want to. And he said, the impotent man answered and said, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. When I'm coming down, another steps down before me. Jesus said unto him, take up thy bed and walk. 
And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And the same day was the Sabbath. What is interesting here is that when what his explanation was, the first thing he wanted to do was make an excuse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Isn't that how Blame we do? people. Blame yeah. people. I want to be healed, but I don't have money to go to the doctor. I want to be healed, but I don't. I've been in this situation so long, I don't think nobody could do nothing about it. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be better than I was, but I refuse to let anybody know that I have some dark days and that I go through some things. You know, we, we find excuses when the, the answer is standing right in front of us. And he, the question he asked him was, he didn't ask him, would you be healed? He said, would you be made whole? He's offering him better than what he came for. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're missing the opportunity to get better than what we came for because we're not really understanding the assignment. <laughs> it's right there before us. And all we have to do is participate in our healing. But what, I, what is happening when he asks him the question, he tells him, look, I don't have nobody. Every time I go to make my move for 38 years, every time I make my move, somebody beat me to the punch. How many of us are saying that about things that are happening in our life? Jesus. Rather it be physical, financial, emotional, job, all these things. You have an opportunity to go forward and all you have to do is participate in your situation, but when the question is answered, what you want to do, you got an excuse instead of an opportunity to grab the opportunity. And so what the man does is that Jesus looks at him. He said, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walking on the same day with the Sabbath. That is significant because first of all, you ain't supposed to do nothing on the Sabbath. Now, the reason the man got in trouble wasn't because he healed, because he's going to get in trouble with the Jews in the synagogue. It was because he was carrying his mat, and they considered that work. Now, this man was laying on that mat previously, but because he had the faith enough to get up and take up Jesus to take up your bed and walk, at that command, follow the directions of Christ, by faith, receive what he needed, and walked away. And it's just like us. Whenever somebody see you make a change in your life and you begin to make hope, you're going to be questioned about it by the naysayers. Right. Remember when you got saved? What happened to you to make you want to get saved? Why did you change your life? Why are you doing that differently? That's not you. You don't do that. You don't drink no more. Why you don't drink no more? You know, they, 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 these are the questions you get from the religious rulers, the ones that are going to always want to put you back on that bed by a pool for the next 38 years. But if we have an obligation to our faith and by faith to receive everything God has for us. So we have a right to be made whole. Actually, it's a legalistic right, because if we're followers of Christ and he says by faith, we can ask whatever we will of the father and he'll do it. When we're asking for healing, we're only asking for a portion of what we need. <clears throat> when he's telling us ask for everything. When he says, ask whatsoever you will, he said, you're not limited by what your situation is. Your situation will keep you limited because you're focused so much on it and that you won't ask God what you truly need. There are opportunities that we have in prayer that if we take, we can go forward in. Am I going too fast? Let me ask, you're not going too fast, but I'm just thinking of a question. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, that we're not limited mm -hmm. uh, and we've been praying wrong. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we praying, we praying for, for healing for a circumstance, mm-hmm. but we don't we we don't ask God to to spiritually because because anytime you going through something, it's a hit all over, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. That's it. It's a hit all the way around, but we pray our prayers are generally based on the thing that's hurting, that's bleeding. And and so we say take that from us, take Mm -hmm. that from us, but we don't always ask God to 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 heal that hit that hit because it hits us spiritually also. Uh We don't we just say, hey, take that, take my money problems from me, God, or take my back pain from me. And Mm -hmm. we don't ask God for the spiritual healing that comes with it. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, when we're we're looking at it, we're praying for a certain thing. It's like you said. When you're praying for, say, say you you got a bleeding arm, a broken arm. Well, a broken arm is a situation, but it affects more than just having a broken arm. You can't work, so you now your finances are there. Yeah. You can't sleep, so now due to irritability, you may have strain in relationships of people that are around. It begins to encompass everything. But right. when we pray for the healing, we only pray for the affected situation not praying for everything else that it knocked out of whack. Right, and right. a lot of things that we're asking for healing for, other things have been knocked out of whack. Right. And what right. he wants us to do is not only just to pray for the situation, but pray for the whole thing. Pray to be made whole. Pray to be restored back to better than what we were when we started. Because when we, I may get healed in my body, but the financial situation or the financial stress that came by doctor bills, Amazon, whatever still remains. I need also to pray that God handles those and be encompassing, add it all in. Jesus said when we pray, we we ask, we ask amiss. What he's saying is that you're not asking for everything. You're only looking at one part of it and you're not looking to see that there's more to what you're asking for. Right. You're concerned about the one thing, you're missing everything else that it's attached to. That if you would just understand that there's more to what you're asking for. And if you have to ask in faith, not wavering for the situation to change and so that you can be made whole. Because you see, being made healthy is a part of being made whole. Is that good? Yeah, I think I think we miss, I think that's a big reason why we feel like healing hasn't taken place. Mm-hmm. Be, because he, he, he did what we prayed for Yes, but the other things are still lingering, and because because we didn't ask for, we didn't ask, we didn't pray for those things, and so like man, he didn't heal me, he didn't heal my situation, and if if that occurs enough, it leads to frustration, and then we start doubting certain things. But it, what, it, but, go ahead. But what if the situation though is he did what you needed and not what you wanted? Mm. Being doing what you needed and not what you wanted. When you're praying, let's say um, you you say, okay, God, my, my arm is healed, broken. My finances is messed up and you're asking for a healing. Well, God is going to heal, you said, the situation you needed. Now, does that alleviate you going back and say, okay, God, now that this situation is done, I need to be made whole here, 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 and here and ask him to, to make those whole. Because he is specific. You, he will answer a prayer that you pray. 
And he's specific about it. So it's not, no, that's why it says no wasted prayer. And so when you're sitting there saying it was what you needed and not what you want, a lot of times that's what that goes when you ask, you ask amiss. You're not asking the right thing. So that's where the Holy Spirit makes an intercession on your behalf because of the fact it speaks for you because it's trying to get you on the right track. It's trying to make you whole. It's trying to build your faith. Sometimes we have to go through situational healing so that we understand that it takes more so that we can be made whole. Take, for instance, the woman with the issue of blood. Right. The woman with the issue of blood, they said she had it for 12 years. She went to everybody trying to be healed. And when she was not, it cost her everything. It cost her her finances. From my understanding, she was a wealthy woman because she had the ability to pay for the dollars. She had the ability to pay for the money. And said that when she went, she lost all that she had trying to be healed and could be healed of any. And so after that, she was a marked woman. She was not allowed out. She could not go beyond the walls of her house because she was unclean because of the blood issue that she carried. And because of that, wherever she went, she was in, she was in fear for her life because she could be stoned for being unclean. Mm-hmm. But when she made up in her mind by the faith that was in here, if I could but just touch the hem of her garment, I would be made whole. That's what she said. She didn't say I would be healed because she already realized healing for her didn't work. So her mindset changed. And so that when she went to Jesus and found him and she touched the hem of his garment and the power left him and he turned. And the Bible said that she saw that she wasn't hid. He said, what cause did you touch me? And then she came trembling and she worshiped and told him that cause. He said, daughter, go in peace. Thy faith has made thee whole. It was a restoration because it said at the beginning of the story, her name was woman. She really didn't have an identity. She, her identification was her issue. The woman with the issue of blood. And it was predicated on her identification. But when she made up in her mind of what she needed and what she prayed for, I know if I could but just touch the hem of his garden, I will be made whole. Her confession of faith is where the transition changed. Remember, she spent all she had trying to be healed. It wasn't until her mindset and faith changed that she had the opportunity for wholeness. And when she went, all those people were touching Jesus at the same time that she touched him. She wasn't the only one touching him when she touched him. But he said that when she touched him, virtue left him. Now understand, Jesus was on his way to perform a healing. Remember, Jairus' daughter was sick. Mm-hmm. So he was on his way to Jairus' house to heal Jairus' daughter. So the virtue that he had in him was for Jairus' daughter. Now, along comes this woman who is saying, I got an issue that I need to be made whole of. She touches him. The virtue that he had been storing up for Jairus' daughter leaves him. He turns, identifies her as daughter, tell her, go in peace, thy faith is made me whole. She's made whole from that very hour. And then he continues on his journey of healing. So much so that when he, after the woman with the issue of blood takes the virtue, the servants come from the house and trouble not the master but thy daughter is dead. Jesus turns to them and says, believe only, and your daughter will rise again and she'll be made whole. 
the thing that we got to look at is that what, what we're talking about is that sometimes situation blocks or blinds us to the effects of everything that situation is a part of. And we have to take control of our mindset and the things we say in prayer so that we can be more specific and give God truly what it is that we're in desire of. Anybody else got any more questions? Yeah, I got one. Go ahead, Jack. Uh, when I did my study on this today, it's just, and I don't want to get ahead because Glenn might get there, but did Jesus imply to this particular individual, the crippled guy I'm talking about, mm. did Jesus imply to this guy that he was crippled because of sin that he had committed? Yeah, you, 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 and, and that's the thing. A lot of times, sin is, it's a crippler. And, and this may be the case. And the reason Jay is asking this question is a conversation that happens after the synagogue because they bring and put this man on trial in the synagogue. And a lot of times, a lot of things that we find ourselves in an unhealthy situation uh, uh, in our body because emotionally, this thing, the sin is, is rotting us from the inside out. It's causing you know, sin, heart disease, and, you know, restless nights, sleeplessness, financial situation. It causes us to be unhealthy in those areas. And so what happens is, is that after the wholeness is taking place, Jesus comes and finds the man. Because once he, again, as I alluded to earlier, is that after the man takes his bed and walks, the leaders of the synagogue come and attack him for having his bed in his hand on the Sabbath, because it's illegal for you to work on the Sabbath. And they asked him why, knowing that the same thing that everybody else knew. He'd been there for 38 years and now he's walking. And so they want to know who healed him. And he tells them exactly who did it. And so when he comes to the, Jesus finds him after he gets out of the synagogue and tells him, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto you. He lets him know you've been made whole by your faith. You believe me on my word. I gave you what you asked for. Now I'm telling you, don't go back to that old sin. Don't go back to that thing that got you in that situation in the first place. If you know good and well, you ain't good with money and God heals you in a money situation, and you need to get a financial counselor, somebody that can help you along the way to keep you from going back down them same roads and doing stupid stuff that you did to get yourself in that situation. If you're knowing that you've been, uh, you caught a disease because you running around with this one and that one and God heals you from it and he tells you don't do it no more. And the best thing is not to do it no more because you don't want a worse thing to come on you. You know, that is what he's saying. Don't make the situation. Once you've been healed or made whole, don't go back to something that can make it worse. They let us know that you can mess it up. That answer your question, Jay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I, that's how I took it. I just want to see what you're going to see it the same way I... That's all yeah, I read. You're absolutely correct. He's telling them, look, you were there before you sinned. And, but remember the other story. The disciples came unto him and saw the boy that was blind uh, from birth. And they asked him, well, who sinned, his mother or his father? He said, no, neither one. He said, neither one. And then he gave him his sight. And then they brought the mother and father on trial. And they asked him, who, who healed him? And they said, he's of age, let him speak for himself. And the man said, I don't know who healed me, but I was once blind, but now I see. You know, and that's the thing that we got to understand is that, you know, he's letting them know that people are going to look at you and, and wonder how you got over. 
Mm-hmm. They're going to wonder how in the world you being in the situation that you're in, you got out of that. But you know that it was a conversation you had between you and God and his favor and his mercy fell on you that allowed you the opportunity to get what you were praying for because you were praying specifically for what you needed. That is what this is about, is how we pray. How do we form what we say to God? Are we giving him the whole matter? Or are we giving him a piece of it? If we want to truly change things, are we telling God that we want to be made whole or do we simply want to be made, be healed? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I contest that I think that we want to go for the wholeness because right. being healed is only part of it. If I can ask God for complete healing in my life and to be made whole and watch him work that out, that's a better thing to me than just simply being healed. Anybody, any other questions, any comments? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, Brother Glenn, we're talking about healing. Uh, and you just mentioned the blind man mm-hmm. and, the, and the parents that talked to the sent to the uh, leaders of the community. They was actually afraid Mm-hmm. That's because they didn't want to lose their place in church. They were going to get kicked out. They knew they would if they had said that Jesus did. So I, I just want to throw that part in there. But That's an interesting comment. How many times do we see people trying to get their healing in church with everybody looking at them like they're crazy? Oh, yes. Like, how many people don't come to the altar on Sunday and ask for a healing or to be made whole because they're afraid about what somebody's going to say about them after church? Right. How many people don't come to church because they, they know they need a change in their life. They want to be made whole. But the, the religious leaders are going to talk about them at church. That's, right. That's you know, true. So you might, that, that is so commonplace even today that people yeah. want to change their lives. They want to be made whole. They want to be different. However, they are straddled and they are constrained by the rules and the regulations and the scorn and the look and the backbiting and the talking that goes on in the church. If we can get alleviate a lot of that, we can see a lot of people coming to Christ. Right. That's right. Hey, Glenn. Uh, hey, Glenn. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When we talked about the healing and the prayer in the healing, and I and I just I just dealt with this myself like recently within the last week or two. Mm-hmm. How often do we do we prayer, do we go to prayer? with patience, meaning meaning, we think about what we finna ask God for. I'm talking about, I just went through this. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I saw, I saw what I needed and I, and I, and I tied what I wanted with it. And I went straight to praying. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, it wasn't, it was very little thought in what I was praying because I know what I needed and cause it matched what I wanted. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when what we need and what we want look just alike, God going to give me that because he want me to have what I need and, 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 and what I want. But mm-hmm. man, the patient, if I would have been patient and thought about it's the whole entire thing that I, that I was getting ready to go to God with, it would have been so different. But the, in, instead he had to smack me yesterday and today mm-hmm. He was like, yo, man, this is almost asinine. It's foolish. It really is because you just, you went from all the way to the end results and you came to me half-heartedly and you would know not the totality of what everything involved. You just, t- you prayed with result. It was a result-based prayer. Right. 
-hmm. not a wholeness because you're talking about whole wholeness and 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 healing and so man when we when we go to god man with patience and a thought i don't know i don't my prayer is not always thought out i don't know about you guys i just know mine's not always thought out let me give him a scripture right there. It, it's been eating me up all the week. And it's perfect of what you just said, uh, Todd. This is Luke, the fifth chapter. I'm going to begin at the 18th verse. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. They didn't think about it. They couldn't get in to see Jesus. They took their friend on the housetop, tore up the tile and let him down and set him in front of Jesus. Mm -hmm. No thought pattern. They did. I'm sure somebody got mad by their house. I'm sure the situation just don't arrive. But they tore up everything just to get to Jesus. They did what they had to do when they had to do it without a moment's notice. So sometimes you're right. We can't sit there and procrastinate about a prayer. We have to pray and be done with it. Give it to Jesus quick, fast in a hurry. I know that it sounds easy, but it is. But there's a flip side <laughs> to that, too. There's a flip side to that. Because if you took the time, now, and that situation, so that's a situational thing, that they were in a hurry and it was something they need. And, and basically what you're saying, Todd, I, but let's let's look at it. If you sit there and you know you're dealing with something, and this is you personal, and you need God to do it in a way that is going to be substantial, mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with sitting down and thinking about what you're about to put before God. Right. Because when Jesus went to the uh, garden, that was not a moment's prayer of desperation. That was a thought-out prayer. Because the conversation he was having with his daddy was unto his death. Mm -hmm. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. He took thought in what he was about to say because he mm -hmm. knew what he was about to face. When we're facing some things that are so dire, there's nothing wrong with putting the whole matter before God. So letting him know that not only am I dealing with this, but I because of this, I have this, 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 and this, and this right. that I'm also dealing with. And I need a rectifying situation from you, God. I need you to fix it the way you would fix it. And so as, if we put it down, if we take the time to stop and think about the whole matter and then put the mm -hmm. whole matter before God. Right, right. Not just a part of it, but the whole matter before God you will come out with a better result. It won't be situational. In, in that situation where they dropped them through the rooftop, they were trying to get their friend healed, and they knew it. Uh, the Bible said that when he left the synagogue teaching in um, Jairus' house, they brought all to him, and all of them that would touch a garment, touch his garment, was made whole. That's what it says at the end of that, of that chapter. And then, but there's also, of course, where it says because of their unbelief, he can do nothing but heal a few sick. Mm -hmm. It is because of what you believe God to do that he can do it. That's and right. so Robert is right. It absolutely depends on what your situation is at that moment. 
But if you're looking for a long-term change of life, it has to be more detailed, has to be more in-depth. And that comes with spending more time with God. Right. Mm -hmm. it comes with the, I can go to my boss and ask him for something situational. We don't have that type of relationship where I can ask for something in depth. But if we have that type of relationship where I can ask for something in depth, I change it. If I'm going to God and it's my situation that I'm praying about, I have a right to do that because it's a come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain favor. And so, you know, I, that gives me the opportunity and the right, the legalistic right to go to God in prayer. However, when it's something that I'm really dealing with, there's nothing wrong with me going like Hannah and going to him and, and standing before that altar and weeping and said, this is what I need. And I need to get it in a way that it is just beyond my understanding. And I need you to fix it. And then wait on your answer. A lot of times we finish praying and we get up and God want to have a conversation. Right, right, right. We too busy looking out the window for, for the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. It, it, is, it is definitely how we approach the, the mindset that we have to change. We have to change our mindset. First of all, how many of us praying really believe we're going to get what we're asking for? Mm. 38 years you asked for a change in your life, you've been praying, but ain't nothing happened. Yeah. And Someday somebody tell you, hey, maybe you've been praying the wrong prayer for 38 years. But if you've been praying, you really never believed for 38 years it's going to happen. And then by faith, by true uh, immaculate faith, you put it into practice and that thing works out. And then God speaks to you like he spoke to the prophet. I heard you the first time you prayed, but your unbelief withstood me 21 days and I had to go get some help. How many of us are praying for things that God is ready to give us, but because of our unbelief has been held up because we really don't believe we can have it. I don't really believe I can be healed of this. I don't really believe I can be made whole of that. And so we, we put it on the back burner because inside of us, we don't think it can really happen. Can I ask something? Can I ask something? Go for it. Go ahead, Jerome. Go ahead. I just want to add, George, uh, that what I'm learning through reading the word is that your prayer go along with your way of life. You can't ask God for something you're not living. You can't. You can't doing everything under the sun and then go to God and ask for a miracle. Amen. And it got to be sincere from your heart. And he's got to see your walk of life through Jesus. And that what I'm learning through me is that I can see for nobody else, but you disagree, that my prayer life add up my walking. And that's when I feel like I get my most blessings through giving him my all from my My prayer is coming from my heart with sincerity. Right. And Line up with my study and my walk and my prayers for him, right. and then <clears throat> bless him. I'm through all of him. This is what you just said, scripture. The effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man develop much. Not a perfect man, a righteous man. What that means to be righteous means to be in right standing with God by your life living, by your study, by your giving. 
are you following his word? And he said, by this shall all men know you are my disciples. And you can ask whatever you will, and my father will do it unto you. So they will. Thank you, Thank you Glenn, clarifying that for me again. That's true. And, and that's what that that's what it is. It is about changing our life living and praying the way that we want to live. I want my life to change, so I have to pray for the totality of the change, not just right. the situation. And and that's what he's trying to get us to see. Right. We're praying in part, and we're receiving in part. But if we pray in whole, we receive in whole. Good God, that'll preach. Oh, I felt that. And yeah. So, oh, so yeah. what do we tell? What what do we tell the individuals that feel like Paul? And Paul said, "I asked him three times to remove this thorn from my flesh," and he said, "My grace is sufficient." Mm. Look what at what Paul was praying for. Paul was praying for a situation. Right. But what, and, but what, what do we tell that individual that feel like he didn't answer that prayer? I asked him three times and he didn't answer that prayer. Let me tell you how he, he did answer that prayer. Because God did answer that prayer. He told him that I gave you grace. Yeah. In giving grace, the unmerited favor of God, that prayer was answered. He's telling Paul, I know that sometimes this may overtake you, but my grace is all you have to understand. That's covered under that. Amen. Because Paul was, he was healed of the infirmity. Right. When he told him, Mike, when you get my grace on it, that, that's the wholeness. That's being made whole because my grace covers whatever it is you're dealing with. So you don't have to worry about dealing with it because it's covered under my grace. I can't hold that to your thought. I won't allow that to affect your life. It will not take you out. It will not take you down because it's covered under grace. So when Paul got that answer, man, that should have set off revelation. That's why he says later that I have been abased and I have been abound. Right. In both ways, I've learned to be content because he understood the power of grace. When he comes back, he says this word. With sin abound, grace does that much more abound. Right. This is know that what I'm dealing with, when it's covered under grace, I don't have to worry about it no more. So when you, a person asks, well, he didn't answer that prayer. Yes, he did. He answered it because instead of healing it, he gave him grace. Yeah. Now, does that give you the right to go out and continue doing what you're doing? Paul even says, God forbid. You right. still got to change. You still got to walk in righteousness. And do it like Jerome said, put in the work, put in the study. It doesn't give us a license to sin because we thought he didn't answer. In actuality, he did answer. Not only did he answer, he told him my grace is sufficient. But he could have said no. Yeah. He is God. He could have said But he told him my grace is sufficient, as you just explained, uh, Glenn. So, I mean, he did answer him. You're correct. Just be glad he didn't tell him no. Because yeah, I mean, God doesn't say no. Everybody keep thinking he, he says yes all the time, but sometimes he tells you no and you don't want to hear that. But that no is to benefit you. Right. For that, that you about to mess, or mess yourself up. Mm -hmm. how you help me? So how you help me when I hear no? How do you help me when I feel like he said no on something I really wanted? And you then you just told me, and you just told me that God gives me what I want sincerely from my heart. 
Who said that? Again, it goes back situational. Are you looking at the whole picture? What is that yes going to cost you? Plus, you went back. It goes exactly back to what Jerome just said. Your lifestyle. Let me say it like this. If you can't handle money and you want to work at a bank and you want God to bless you with that, that's not going to happen. You don't know how to handle money, man. God ain't crazy. Come on now. You're going to tell everybody God gave you that job. Then you're going to rob the bank. Come on, man. That's not going to happen. Come on.
We can't pray and, and think that just one prayer about a part of the situation is the answer. We have to start looking more in depth. We are seasoned and we're growing. A new person that's coming in, we can teach them to be more specific about what they're asking for. To take the time to consider what you're praying about. If you're praying to be sober from drugs and that's where you at at that moment, baby, get it. So that you can be sober from drugs, then you can make more sound decisions. But mm -hmm. then please find some place where you can get with somebody that's going to hold you by the hand and take you down that road to show you that that's better than what you're dealing with. If it's something that we're needing of God, there's nothing wrong with being specific. I totally get pregnancy's part. Sometimes God does say no, and no is necessary. You can't give your children. I can't give my, my, my child the keys to the car. If they don't got no driver's license, and they ain't but five years old. They may do good getting around the yard, but they ain't getting out on the highway. And, and, and that's the thing. Sometimes we pray for stuff that we, as Jay said, that we absolutely ain't ready for. Mm -hmm. There's a difference that God does permit things according to our will. And sometimes we answer our own prayers and say it's God. Right. And then when all mm -hmm. hell break loose, you realize God wasn't nowhere in that thing. You right. Did right. Now you got to deal with the consequences of you playing God or helping God in your prayers when God was saying, no, uh -uh, I ain't had nothing to do with that. Sometimes we blame the devil for stuff he ain't even doing. He's like, really, God? I ain't had nothing to do with that. <laughs> but hey, since they want to blame me, I'm going to take the credit because now yeah. I'm going to turn up the heat on them. Right. And so so right. Where, where, where does the devil come in that situation when you're, when you're praying for something and, you know, God might bless you with it, but you're praying for it, but then, like you said, we're praying for now. We should we should pray for now and then the um the aftermath of what we're praying for. So mm -hmm. how does the devil play in that situation? You know, where a lot of times a lot of times we put ourselves in situations that we blame the devil. Mm -hmm. You bad with money, you go out and do stuff you ain't got no thing to do. Satan ain't prompting you to buy a darn thing, you ain't did it on your own. <laughs> You mess up the money, not the rent due. You ain't got no way to pay the rent. And we start, the devil made me spend that money. No, he ain't made you spend that money. Your compulsion that you had that you should have been praying about to get fixed. Now, we we may blame the devil because he may have presented something to us that we like, but you didn't have to buy. Remember, the Bible said that he tempted Jesus. He took him into the wilderness and he presented these things to him. If Jesus would have took him, then his reply to God would have been what the devil made me do. But right. he did. We have a choice. God said, I have placed before you death and life. Choose life. Oftentimes we say, well, it was the result of something the devil did. No, the devil may have presented it, but you made the choice. Todd just said, it. the pretty woman is laying there. You make the choice if you're going to lay down with her or not. Right. You know, <laughs> you got a wife at home, you ain't supposed to be there. You don't drove all the way there with the intent of doing what you're doing. And That's when right. you get there, you got yeah. a way of escape. It's called turning around and going back home. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But you That's right. You go on yeah. and they say the devil made me do it. No, the devil presented it to you. You did it. And he watched. He did yeah. The devil just watched this fool get do what he do. <laughs> the, devil, the Bible says he's the accuser of the brother. He needs evidence. Right. So he ain't going to God empty-handed. So he, I'm going to present this. What, let's think about Job chapter one. Right, right. When he asked him, he's like, look, all these things, I, you can do these things, Satan. And then we'll see what Job's results are going to be. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Satan's thing was, if you take all this stuff away, I'll make him curse him to your face. Mm-hmm. But Job may have had a choice. The, the choice was presented to him. Curse right. God and die. Or praise God and say, the Lord given, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And keep on living. He had a choice. Yep. He chose the right way. We got a choice. Satan, we blame him for stuff that he really ain't to blame for. He presented it, yeah. but you did it. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking for me. He presented it, and I did it. <laughs> I mean, I tell you, I, I can get fooled sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely asinine. So, you know, and, and keep, just keeping it 100. And so we blame him for a lot of stuff he ain't guilty of. Mm-hmm. That's like a stumbling block. If you think about it, the mm-hmm. devil is a stumbling block for us when we're praying for the now and the aftermath. Right. Because mm-hmm. he's always going to come in there and try to um, obscure everything mm-hmm. that's going on to get your mind in another place so he can get you back right. to where you was or where you think you're going. He, don't, he doesn't want you to be there. No. So, you know, I'm praying for a better marriage or I'm praying for uh, in a situation or whatever, and it just is going good, but then it's like it just bang, you hit the bottom of the road again. It's like, so mm-hmm. how, you know, how do you pray for that when you, you know, you you see you see the light, you're doing what you're supposed to do, you see the light, you're doing everything in your power, you know, mm-hmm. not perfect, but how do you pray for that when you know that God and He blessing you now, and you can see the outcome of that prayer that you prayed, but then. You know, a month later or two months later, it's like, man, here we go again. I'm like I'm starting over, you know. Because, you know, he ain't going to leave it alone. I'm going to tell you, you're not getting nothing without a fight. No. <laughs> Just because you got it don't mean that he's going to let you keep it. He's going to do all he can to try to tear it out your hand. Right. It, it, it's like uh, playing basketball. You got mm-hmm. the ball, and you don't score at one time, and here it is. Now you get ready to go score again. The devil's going to try to strip the ball. He's not going to let you get the layup free. Mm-hmm. He's going to try to block it. And it's the same thing in life. But we have to be cunning. We have to be strategic. If mm-hmm. I know that if I have to go a different direction to get the desired result, then I need to change direction. If I see down the road that this is going to be an issue, then I need to start working on that issue right now mm-hmm. so that I don't fall back into the same situation that I was. goes back to what Jerome was talking about, the, the man at the pool of Bethesda, when Jesus mm-hmm. tells him. Go and sin no more. Don't go back to the same things you were doing. If I know that I am recovering alcoholic, what I got, what business I got in the liquor store? Right, correct. Uh, if I know that I'm trying to have a healthy marriage and one of the issues is finances and, and me not paying bills, then I need to start paying bills. Right. If I know that other women is an issue, then I need right. to leave other women alone. You know, and, and, and that's the thing that is, whatever is going to cause me an issue, when you pray, it's basically you setting up a roadmap for what you're asking God for in your life. And mm-hmm. if you're going to set up a roadmap, if we ever looked at a roadmap, I know we got them on our phones now, but there are a lot of details and directions. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going, but it's going to tell me every road I'm going to pass by on my way to my destination. Right. So if I know if I'm on the destination of longevity in life, I'm going to pass the stress. I'm going to pass the, uh, uh, what do you call that thing? Uh, good glory, God, help me, Father. Depression, I'm going to go depressed, depression. I'm going to have happiness. 
I'm going to have good times. I'm going to have lows. I'm going to have valleys. I'm going to have peaks. It's called life. It's a definition. It's a journey. And on this journey, that's going to be somebody that's going to try to run you off the road or something that's going to try to distract you. You ever tried to pray and as soon as you set yourself to pray, the phone rang? Mm -hmm. And you stop praying to answer the phone? Come on. Or you yeah. getting ready to do something and you get ready to read the Bible. All, you ain't been able to sleep for six days. You ready to read the Bible and then you sleep it and you ever been in your whole life. That that Satan presenting you with another option. That's why he's the accuser of brother. He accuses you by the what he presents to you. But he has no power because you have the ability to make a choice and keep the choice you make by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving unto God that he changes. And so that you can walk more upright. Are you going to get it right every day? No. Are you going to always pray for the right thing? No. Are we going to pray in the right manner? Not all the time. But what we must charge ourselves to do is what Brother Dakota preached Sunday. Be better. Do better. Because we know them. And even if we don't know, let's help those brothers and sisters that are coming along to understand what it means to put in a little bit more work during prayer time. That's why we, we don't be so quick to pray and get up and walk away. Yeah, bless my food so I can eat. But when I seriously get down on my knees to pray at night, I need to take a little bit more time. When mm -hmm. I get up in the morning, a simple thank you is sufficient. But what else if that God thank you? Last night, this, I went down with this on my mind. And even though I know I turn it over to you, Father, I face this new day. It still yeah, helped me to walk through this day without a, a distracting me to take me from you. And God, during my day, I ask that you order my steps here, here, and here, that I'll be a better witness for you and for Christ. And I thank you for every opportunity door you're going to open, everything that you shut and close. God, how you heal my body as I walk away that I gain better sight, better vision, strength, and motivation. Help my finances in a way, God, that I'm not struggling from day to day, paycheck to paycheck, that I'd be a better steward over the money that you've given me, that I'd be able to give back and have seed to be a sower unto my brothers and sisters, that I may become, that you said in your word, a, a lender and not a borrower. God, uh, help me to get into your word that I get more understanding that I'd be able to answer the question of my brothers and sisters. And when they ask me, I can witness for you and tell them what must they do to be saved. That's an encompassing prayer. It was fast, but it covered a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah. let's be more intentional. I think that's what he's trying to do is let's be more intentional about what we're asking for and what we're asking him for, because he's much bigger than the things that we're, we're struggling with. Glenn. Yes, sir. I'm I'm done. How 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 impactful? Well, the lack of repentance in our prayer. Oh, yes, how sir. does how does that affect yeah. our healing and our wholeness? Because I remember, I remember one time as I as I started getting more comfortable with praying. I I I knew it was things. I knew it was things I needed to repent. <laughs> I mean, I knew them. They was they were so evident, but I I couldn't take my mind off what I wanted. I couldn't right. take my mind off of my desires. And right. and and and, and it, you ever prayed and it, you know you you know it ain't effective. And mm -hmm. I'm forcing it. And I'm forcing Lord. Yeah. I know you hear me. And I know you feel me. You say you I can have all these things. I could, man. I, when I when I tried to go to sleep, mm -hmm. I the worst night of sleep ever. I, I probably didn't get hour worth oh. of sleep yeah. because. My spirit was telling me to repent, yeah. to repent, 
and I ain't, I'm not trying to hit it. I'm trying, I want X, Y, Z. And that's, that was bigger than the Holy Spirit telling me to repent. So talk about the, what, how, what repentance in our prayer means. Unrepentance separates you from righteousness. And Jerome said it. The effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man avail of much. Righteousness simply means being in right standing with God. To me, in right standing with God means you must repent. When you pray that prayer, the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you, you want that, but you ain't getting it until you do this. Right, right. And, and it's crazy because we're presented now with an option by Satan. Get up mm -hmm. and repent. Right. And, and, and get what you want. Or stay here because you ain't gonna get it anyway. Because you, a lot of times we pray like that, we really don't believe we're gonna get it because we know we praying out of the world. Wrong. Yeah, praying wrong. Know you praying wrong. And and the thing is that our repentance will separate us because God does not hear sin. He ain't, he ain't trying to deal with sin. Sin can't live in his sight. So if it's sinful, he ain't even reaching his ears. He's like, okay, right. it's pop. It, it ain't even coming up here. You know, and, and that is the thing that we must be cognizant of. Unrepentance is unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is sin. Sin cannot live in the sight of God. Even right. if it was to get to heaven, as soon as it came in his presence, it would dissipate. It got, it got no power. So when we're talking about praying and being unrepentant, you, you're basically setting yourself up for faith. You're just speaking a lot of words with no power. Right. That's why it says that when there be any sick, call for the elder that may pray and you will recover. And the reason that they say call for the elders is because the elders are going to come out of right standing. They're going to sanctify, sacrifice themselves. They're going to make sure that they have cleansed themselves in a manner that when they enter into the place to pray, they are in right standing with God. That's mm -hmm. where it, that scripture is dictated from. Deferring, effectual. It's fervent means not ending, ongoing, feverish, with understanding, knowing that God, I need this now. But effectual means that I'm repentant. I'm in right standing. I'm being effective because I know that what I'm praying for is the whole of the matter and not just the part of the matter. And, and, and that is what we must be so more cognizant of, is that when we pray, let's be intentional about what we're praying about. Don't just pray about the situation. Pray about the whole matter. So that when we pray about the whole matter, the whole matter can be fixed. It will be made whole, entire perfect and wanting nothing. And that what James said? If any man lack anything, let him ask from the father of life who gives all things liberally mm -hmm. that we be made entire, perfect and wanting nothing. So if we're praying this, oh, good God, thank you. When we're praying, if we start to understand we can't get anything from God trying to hold unforgiveness or unrepentance. We must pray first for ourselves to be cleansed. Father, there any sin that separates me from you, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you remove it from me. Forgive me of my sin and my unrighteousness. Father, now I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, your son, that you said in your word that above, a name above every name, at a name that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord and say it all. I ask now on the behalf of my brothers and sisters, God, please help us deal with A, B, C, D, E and be intentional about what we're praying, and God can work with that. That is right. the whole basis of 2 Corinthians 7 and 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn 
from their understanding, from their way of doing things, from their way of seeing life, from their way of praying to me. Mm -hmm. Then shall I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and I will heal the land. And that's what God, I'm going to make everything whole when my children figure out how to come and talk to me. Amen. Amen. Jesus. Todd, I'm done because if I go on, bro, we're going to have revival. <laughs> man. Uh, man. Any, anybody got anybody got anything, man? Before we do the shout out and takeaway, man, I'm, I'm feeling the spirit really high right now. So yes, I, mean, I ain't in a, I'm not in a hurry tonight. I'm pretty caught up on my stuff for school. If anybody got that, I want to share something real quick that I heard on my way home. It's a it's a pastor out in Arizona, and 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 this story shows how how we as the world has the world has minimized the kingdom so so drastically. The pastor he baptized over two hundred and something people, right? And they. <laughs> They got to get rebaptized because he said the wrong words. Yeah, I heard about that today. I did. Yeah. Th bro, think about mm -hmm. think about how small that makes the kingdom the words. So you got to get re it ain't about the. I was blown away. I had to turn the radio up again, listen to it again. Like, man. Man, we, the kingdom is so much, much greater than that. So much greater than, so you paying attention to every word. You should be in the spirit. You should be in a place that you should be in a spirit where you shouldn't hear every word <laughs> verbatim anyway. Anyway, I just threw that out there, man. Anybody got anything they want to share before we do this takeaway? You know what? You, you, you make a point, though. So people are so legalistic, they worry about the word. Right, uh, right. Um, well, that that ritual, we don't we don't pray that way in here, right? So you, you can't pray like that in here, you know. You pray so phonetically. How many of us grew up in churches where the pre the, the deacon prayed the exact same prayer every Sunday? Every Sunday. It, I mean, you you still as a grown man still know that prayer word for word verbatim because it became tradition. Jesus said, "Now your traditions have made the word of God to non effect." Right. And he said that in the village where he said, but he could do nothing but heal but a few sick because mm. they were so busy about tradition that they didn't allow the word to do the work. We can't be so caught up on that. That is absolutely asinine. The Bible says, go ye and therefore compel a man to come baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Even if he said Holy Ghost, the intention was absolutely correct. Same person. Right. And right. so... And that's all the Holy Ghost. And he said, Holy Spirit, however he convinced it or whatever word was left out. It's the significance of is what God says in Samuel 16. Man judges the outer. God looks at the intent of the heart. Right. And, and, and so if you gain, came to baptism with a repentant heart, saying, Father, forgive me, and you go down being baptized, being raised anew, the job is done. Right. Be baptized. Yeah. Okay. You know what I heard, Glenn? Yes, but you know what popped up though? This is on nationwide radio, right? Mm -hmm. Think about how many people that could have possibly been lost to yet another 
to yet another kingdom hit, to mm -hmm. yet another kingdom dagger. You know what I'm saying? Just think, mm -hmm. I don't know how many people are, if anybody, but think about someone that's on the fence and yet another thing, mm -hmm. yet another tarnish on the kingdom that is, is it worth it when I'm hearing all this, especially something so minute as the words. Man, they fighting, they fighting over words. You ain't gonna get into heaven because of this guy used the wrong words. Just, just anyway, man. <laughs> the Bible said that the kingdom of God is such as violence and the violence take it by force. What that means is that you're gonna always have something coming up against you, but you must be bold enough to stand on what you believe. And, and that's what we're talking about. We look at, you're right, the, the kingdom of God, churches are taking hits left and right. Some are closing doors after this pandemic, never going to open again, and because the people don't believe in it the, the way that they, they used to. Churches were effective in their community because they were this, this main staple of community. People came together when something was wrong so that they could come to the church and get it fixed. There's so many rules and regulations set up now that churches can't be effective. And it has become, some places have become money pits that people come in and all they do is so, 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 and they reap nothing out of it. And so you're right, the churches have gotten so many black marks, but the kingdom of God now has to arise and take its place. And that's what God is telling. We're looking at a part of the situation, but we gotta get to the whole of the map. And, and to be honest, the Bible says that this was gonna happen. It says in the last day, there will be a great falling away and men will keep under themselves, teachers having itching ears, That'll teach them what they want to hear, not what God is saying. But he said, in the last days, I will give you pastors after my own heart who will teach you my word. That is what we're talking about, that we have to get back to being pastors after God's heart that will teach us. And I, I love because we think that means after God's heart means having the likeness of God. But that, mm -hmm. I don't think that's how that should translate. If it translates trying to pursue or capture the heart of God. Like right. David, when he says to David, a man after my own heart, God wasn't saying in my likeness, uh, uh, like me, he's saying he is trying to possess my heart. He is trying to put his hands on me. And we got pastors now that are trying to put their hands on God in that manner so that they can feed their sheep the truth right. of God. How much deeper would they get understand? How much deeper would they go into the Bible so that they can pull out what the people need and lives get changed. There's a reason why small groups like this are popping up everywhere because God is trying to talk with his people. Right. Because we, some of us in the churches have stopped talking to God so that he can talk to his people. Right. Mm. Right. Uh, I don't want to uh, bring something up, but and we can make this my my, um, my final. Glenn, you know, I was reading something and, and I'm talking to all, everybody. And when you said we, we want to make sure we make ourselves right with God before um, you know, ask God for forgiveness. And I started thinking about the part where, uh, and I'm, I'm basically asking a question to you guys. When we asked about that, when he said, when you bring something to the altar, make sure you go back and got somebody against you. Do you think that may apply to the same type of uh, basis? Like if, if Dakota don't like me, but he's going to ask, you know, if, and I'm just using you, Dakota. I hope that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, sir. You know, if Dakota don't like Jerome, or whoever may not like Jerome, but yet, they haven't talked to me about it, but they want to go to the altar. They want to go to God and, and they want to be in good standing with God, but you ain't mm -hmm. made right with your brother. Is it? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, 
So sometimes we, we talk about making ourselves right with God, but yet we haven't made our ourselves right with the person or people that we may have a fault against. And I right. think we miss our blessings, we miss our prayer, because God knows that we have life right with other with people that we may be grudges against or hate against. And that's why I hate is such a bad thing in God's eye. Maybe not so much in our eyes, but in God's eye, it's a bad thing. Because when he said that about the altar, that always touched my heart when he said, go back, make it right with your brother. Before you even bring your arms to me, go back and make it right with your brother. So I want to ask you guys, do you think that same thing applies to when we go to prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. It goes back to what, what my brother asked about our forgiveness. If you have right. our forgiveness, our forgiveness is unrighteousness. And unrighteousness will hinder your prayer. Uh, and, and he tells us, before you come to me and ask me for anything, you got to go to your brother and ask for forgiveness. Now, a lot of people get twisted up. What if he don't forgive me? Not on you. He didn't say that. Not on you. Amen. And then your job was to go back and ask forgiveness. Then come back to God. Hey, I, I did. I, I did. And I went with sincerity of heart. Now you're in right standing. Right. Right. And then and you can do what you have to do. That is, that's brother, man, I don't want nobody to let any animosity against Jerome Boyd keep them from going to heaven. Come right. on. Right. I'm, really, I really, I, I wouldn't want that for anybody. If you got a problem, mm -hmm. hey, bro, let's talk about it because I don't want you to be out held out of the kingdom because you got an animosity with me that you didn't make right. 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 Amen. Real talk, man. That's you good know, stuff. That's good stuff. As as as, as men. Right. We we get into some things with our wives and, and and think it's all right and then want to pray. But God said, if you're mad with your wife, you hinder your prayer. Right. Okay. So a lot of times, I, I don't care what the situation is, girl. I love you. Right. <laughs> and I, I'm not gonna hold on animosity. Forgive me. And again, it ain't yeah. on you. Once you ask for forgiveness with sincere heart and mean it, it ain't on you no more. Then you good. And, and that's how we should pursue life. Look, man, look around. Is there anything that's going to keep me from getting letting God hear this prayer? Amen. I don't care if you got to write a list. Write it down. Right. Get it so you can look at it and God, this, this is what I'm dealing with, and this is how. And I pray that you hear my grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. You know that it's covered. Right. But at least make a list, do what you got to do, so that you right. can go forward. Amen. That's what I was saying about that devil. Like you just said, you know, you praying about something, you know, say my wife getting on my nerve, you know, past couple of weeks, whatever. So praying for a better relationship, but maybe when I see her, I might not want to kiss her because she got on my nerve so bad. I'm <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my whole thing. I'm serious, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> she come home, it's like, oh, is she, she home? Go back to work, go to sleep, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, <laughs> It, it, it's got to be the devil getting in there. So I need to pray better and pray you for got, my wife. You got to make a choice. Am I going to allow it to affect me and not show her love? Or I'm going to go to her kiss and say, baby, you know, I, I miss you today. I know we've been having a rough patch, but, you know, I'm going to do the best I can to be the best man I can for you. And I know that you're doing the best you can to be the best woman for, for me. Yes. And we're going to make this thing because we're going to stay in this thing together because ain't nothing putting us apart. Right. Well, that's a strong word right there. I don't care. That'll calm a savage beast. Mm -hmm. yeah. Them words, I'm sorry, even if you ain't the wrong one, 
are some powerful words. Especially if you ain't the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Especially if you ain't the wrong, because you've been you've been the bigger person. Right. Husbands got their marching orders. The Bible clearly tells us what husbands supposed to do with them wives. There's that's a couple it. of scriptures in there. Not to be bitter against them, that your prayers won't be hindered. Husbands yeah. love your wives like Christ loved the church. We got our marching mm-hmm. orders. It ain't gonna always go smooth, but we got that. That's what God gave us. If that like I said, and what God gave us, let no man separate. I mean, we got our orders. It's not gonna always be fun and games all the time, but we got to love them wives like the word says. Husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. And I'm not trying to get my prayers hindered just by me mistreating my wife. I act like I don't want to talk to her. Yeah, we get like that sometimes, but not all the time. It ain't gonna be like that too long. Now, like I said, because you got to be careful because, like you say, the enemy can get in there. Next thing you know, you're mistreating her and all kind of other foolishness. When we we have to be careful about that, and it's like what uh earlier about far as prayers is concerned. You know, if 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 God says no, obviously it's not meant for you to have it. And what now? We don't want to hear that. We don't want to feel that. Even like what Prentice was saying. Well, how? What am I supposed to do? I'm praying and God says no because I know they don't want to hear. But obviously God don't want you to have it, and that's just all it is to it. And when and obviously He knows best. Like Brother Glenn just said it. If he said yes, that could probably do damage and whatnot. Because I've always heard, and you can always say either it's three ways God go answer. Either it's yes, no, or not at this time. Whatnot. It might come later. Maybe you don't need that right now. It might come later on, or it might just be a flat out emphatic no and whatever. Because Lord, if Lord answers all of my prayers, I wouldn't be going to work tomorrow. He don't answer all my prayers either about different things and whatnot. It's probably a reason for me to go to work to try and be a positive difference in, or whatever the case may be and whatnot. Uh, certain things that I'm asking for that I still haven't received yet, but I'm still tugging on heaven's uh, door and uh, and whatnot. But I made sure it's not foolish, and that's for sure, and whatnot. But like I said, I mean, he's not going to always answer our prayers and whatnot. But like I said, like you say, sometimes we get up too fast. We don't wait. We don't get in that quiet spot and hear from God or whatever the case may be. But we have to do that. We have to listen. We have to, sometimes it's right there in what we're reading in our word. Your prayers can be answered right there. It can be right there in the Bible what we're reading and whatnot, man. So, and whatnot. But let us be sincere. That was, that was a lot. I was just listening, Brother Glenn, and always uh, awesome, awesome teaching on tonight from when I got in on it and whatnot about the, uh, about the word of God, especially prayer. We have to be specific when we ask God for things. And sometimes we just go right into prayer. What about blessing God? What about giving God praise? What about giving him honor? Thanking God for who he is and all of that. Instead of just, I need this or I want this and whatnot. Sometimes you have to bless God and tell God how good he is. That's why Mm -hmm. I said, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's giving you the the outline, the instructions on how we should pray and whatnot like that. But we got to bless God and we got to thank God. And sometimes it ain't all about you and what you need. Sometimes it's about others. It ain't about you, and sometimes it's, you need to just bless God and thank God for who he is. Sometimes like that, and that should be a prayer sometimes, just thanking God for who he is. Amen. Well, you know, I'm bold, guys, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something because I heard a brother talking, but you know, Glenn and, and, and Dakota, y'all, y'all guys love to say that God gets marching orders about our wives, but God also gave our wives marching orders about us as well. Absolutely. He did. Me right now, but I want to make sure that we, you know, we're teaching everybody. We're not just teaching men. We're teaching women. That right. We need to make sure that we we put the message out there correctly because he didn't just give marching orders to men. He gave women supposed to do as well. Oh yes, sir. I tell women that all the time, brother. Uh, brother Jerome, because like some like 
with the submissive part with women. I was like, if you ask me, God uh, then gave men more marginal. He just tell you to be submissive. He tell <laughs> you, don't tell women, you don't tell women to love their husbands and for the most part, and your prayers will be hindered. He said, no, my prayers will be hindered if I don't treat you right. He says they just say I'm the weaker vessel I'm like that. Say so you the weaker vessel. You got to treat them a certain way. So I didn't get tell uh, our, our sisters in Christ about that all the time. I say you just got your orders to be submissive and whatnot, and and that's not a sign of weakness. It's just a sign of respect. And that doesn't mean the husband can abuse you or misuse you because we got our marching orders as well. Everybody, husbands, wives, and children to obey their parents. Everybody in the family had a marching orders. They got their orders of what they're supposed to do. Even children, obey your parents that your days will be long upon the land. Wives Man. to be submissive. Husbands to love their wives and all that. Man. So believe me, the whole family, God didn't leave nobody out. Everybody right. has a marching orders. And, and let's be real about it. God told us. I mean, we laugh at the scripture, but he told us that every day in the house ain't going to be sunny. There you all go. Right. He told us that. He said it was better to be on the corner of a roof than in the house with a contemptuous woman. That's Man. right. Man. But Amen. you got to understand what made her contemptuous. Amen. Hello, Glenn. <laughs> so hey, sometimes, is... sometimes it's nothing. <laughs> All right, now. All right. <laughs> I'm not going there with you. Oh, but, uh, but the made the point that you know that words. The Bible says, "Submit unto your own husband as unto the Lord." Right, right. Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. If you want to, uh, a submissive wife, you got to be willing to die for it. That's right. That's right. That's good. That's good stuff. And if you want a, a husband that's willing to die for you, you got to be submissive. And if you're a child and you want longevity, you got to be obedient to your parents. That's right. It, there is definitely a, a myriad of things to touch on. But it, it, that's, that's what he's trying to get us to see. It's more to it than just what we've been touching on. Amen. Hey, man. That's good stuff right there. Um, Jerome was getting ready to go. <laughs> this, this is baby right here. And so I think, I think we're going to cut it off right here. Right. Because Glenn, Glenn, the, Glenn, Glenn glowing, everybody the perked up. I got a little more juice. And we can go, we can go on 45 more minutes on this topic alone. I know easily. So right. with that being said, this has been a great, great night. Great night, Glenn. Brother Greg, give me something. Yeah, I appreciate you, Brother Glenn, for the topic tonight. It uh, definitely helped me uh, with my prayer life and uh, everyday living. And um, I just thank you guys so much for the inspiration. And um, like I said, just a great topic. And um, like I said, my prayer life could be better and pray not for now, but just for the outcome. And that's, right. what I, that's what I'm looking for. And I appreciate it very much. Amen, brother. Good job, bro. Love you, bro. Brother Prentice. Um, Sunday, I got to listen to a young lady say she's been praying for her family for 35 years. She was able to see her sister get turn her life over and get baptized on Sunday. Oh, she prayed amen, for her sister for 35 amen. years. Mm. 35 mm. years. Amen. At what mm. point do you think about that? Jesus. Man. Think about that. 35 years I've been praying. She's been praying for us to turn her life over to the Lord. Pray without ceasing. There you mm. go. Persistent. Great topic. Nice, sir. 
God bless you, sir. Appreciate you, guys. Love Good you. job. Good job, cuz I love you, man. Love you. Brother Joe. Man, I'm gonna tell you something. Glenn, <laughs> I love you, my brother. Love you back, bro. Awesome word on the night, man. I'm sitting there. That thing hit me, man, about the healing part. But then I want to play, pray for the part that where you want to be made whole, where you want to, yeah, you know, the healing part is just right then and there. You're just praying for that one thing. But the, the wholeness of it, because everything encompasses all of that. But you know what I thought about, man, the word, uh, uh, um, finite came to my mind. We mm -hmm. limit. We mm -hmm. serve a God that's infinite. Yes, he has all power, all authority. So we, when we, when we come, yeah, and you, it, you gotta, you gotta get deep down in that prayer and dig for it and get everything you can get because we serve an awesome God, man. When, when you, when you were talking. I just kept them words just kept resonating in my mind about infinite and, and, and you know and, and and finite and stuff like that. We are limiting ourselves when we don't come to God. And right, Jerome said we got to get some stuff out of us first. But mm -hmm. man, the power mm -hmm. and magnitude. Just think if we all prayed like that. Oh glory, my God, mm. man. I'm just. I mean, I, it's just so much stuff. You know, I, I could say a whole bunch of stuff. We, you know, we have not because we ask not. I mean, we could go through a whole <laughs> lot of things. But here it is, gentlemen. I have a son that has a, a mental disease. I'm praying for healing, and I need to pray for him to be made whole. Ooh. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. But that's the takeaway tonight. Uh, love you, brothers. Love you so much. But also, one more thing. I, I, I can't. Take this with me. I always talk about love. I talk about how we would love and love one another. But I heard a gentleman talking about his wife. He wouldn't even kiss her and all that stuff. It's, it's nothing. That, it, it, that's cool. But here's the thing that I want everybody to understand about love. Love is love shouldn't be taken lightly. Mm -mm. You agree. Find how much you love somebody deeply when you go through something, when you're around and, and we all kissy, lovey-dovey. Oh, oh, that's all cool. That's all well and good. But what about when somebody uh, say something nasty to somebody or somebody has done something to you over the years, but now because of the situation, you can't love them back. Hmm. But Christ loves everybody. Christ loves everybody unconditionally. Right. Our, our thought process has changed. So if my girlfriend or my wife or whatever does something to me, now, all of a sudden, I'm going to start cursing and using words. What I need to do is dig deep. Now I'm digging deep to find out how much love I got in myself for somebody else when I'm going through something. It gets deep. Yes, it does, man. Huh. Good job, Brother John. I love you, man. That's good stuff, man. As always, man, thank you. you. We appreciate your open, your transparency, man, and your, your love for love. Mm -hmm. We don't take that for granted at all. Love you. Brother Robert. <clears throat> but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible to Lord. please God. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. 
and by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. If you can believe that he went to the cross and was whipped the night before, if we believe that, then we have to believe that by his stripes, we are healed. This Zoom call and the scripture that I read, the thing that, that most touched me about that is when his friends let him down. Mm -hmm. And what said, mm -hmm. talked about their faith. Mm -hmm. Then he told them that by his sins are forgiven. But he said their faith. He acknowledged their friend's faith. Just like Brother George just said about his son. We, <laughs> we come together and we pray for his son. We, we can move mountains with this Zoom call. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, Brother Gleam is saying it all night because uh, Jerome spoke it first. The prayer of the righteous availeth much, very much. Mm -hmm. Don't make us perfect. Just make us in right standing with God. Amen. Anybody have all against their brother? Like Jerome said, man, step up and talk about that thing. Get that thing out. Don't be carrying that around with you every day. You just putting yourself, eating eat the inside of yourself out. Amen. I come on here every night and I tell you, brothers, I love you. Man, I ain't got all against none of y'all. I love you, brothers. Or I wouldn't show up or I'll call you and tell you. Amen. But, but we got to be able to, 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 you know, help folks by praying, by coming together on Tuesday night. Not just, you know, yeah, we, we, we going through the word, but we also need to give some prayer to, to brothers like Brother George and whoever else needed. Right. Amen. Amen. Man, God bless y'all, brother. Thank you, Brother Glenn. I enjoyed it. Love y'all, man. Good job, Brother Robert. Love you too. Dirty Bird. Um, good lesson tonight, Brother Glenn. I, I actually learned tonight a better way to pray. Start asking for healing. So I'm going to start asking for wholeness. Uh, Amen. When you say be careful what you pray for, I want to share something with you guys. I ask, I get up every morning and I ask for patience. And today it got tested to the fullest. Um, new guy, no training. I got a three bedroom house, living room, and a frog upstairs I need to pack. I got six hours to pack it. So what he did, I had to go behind him and Recorrect everything that he did. Jesus. Man, you 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 talking about some patience. <laughs> so like they said, be careful what you pray for because he's gonna test you. Amen. Trust, trust and believe he's going to test you. But uh brother again, brother Glenn, again, good lesson. Um, I'm gonna give you guys this and I'm gonna log off. I gotta get these grandkids in the bed for school tomorrow because they're here with me by myself. Um Asking for prayers for my granddaughter. Um, the youngest one tested positive for COVID on one day last week. I can't remember what day it was. Wednesday of last week. And for my, it was the best man in my wedding. We like brothers. Um, known the kids and I was like 14 years old. Right? On 37 years, I know the man. His uh, daughter passed away on Saturday. 
Mm -hmm. So that family is the Boyd and the Brown family out of something. Amen. All right. Good job, Dirty Bird, man. We definitely keep you lifted, that family lifted up in prayer. Love you. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brothers. Amen. Love each and every last one of you. Pray for you every day as much as possible. Amen. And, uh, hey, uh, far as prayers is concerned, like I said, uh, you know, it's like what Prentice was saying earlier, but, um, you know, what do you do as a man of God, a woman of God, and you know you done prayed with every fiber of your being for something to happen, and it hasn't happened. You know, uh, you know, my brother had cancer. You know I was sending prayers up daily for God to heal him. You know, he died anyhow. You know, uh, my mother was bedridden for about the last three years of her life. I was praying for her to get back up and walk again. That didn't happen. She passed away and whatnot. But I know who I am in Christ. Wasn't mad at God. It happened and whatnot so but sometimes prayers just don't get answered especially when you're praying for somebody's healing haven't we all prayed for somebody with cancer and maybe they still didn't make it through and whatnot but does it mean that god didn't hear your prayers if god wants to call him home that's what he wants to do but i'm not going to give up it's just like what printer saying about the woman with 35 years that's some persistence that's believing god bless her that she didn't give up you know i'm praying for a lot of my co-workers and whatnot for uh, they getting older now. We getting our forties and getting our fifties and all of that, and look like they getting worse. They drinking more liquor and smoking and all of that type of stuff and and whatnot. But I still believe God can turn them around, just like He did me. You know, yeah. like the song saying, "Somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time and prayed for me." And that's what I'm doing. I'm gonna continue to pray. I don't care how bad the situation may look. I'm gonna continue to pray. I pray for uh, people with COVID nineteen that God will heal them, and people are dying every day. And but yet, there's how many testimonies of those that was on ventilators and could come out and say, praise be to God, that I yes, made sir. it through and give God the glory. So it goes both ways on that. But I don't okay. give up. We, get, we got to continue to pray no matter what. We got to believe what we're praying for because uh, Elder Price just said it. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. We okay. got to have faith in what we're praying and we got to believe and may God's will be done. Not my will. Because my prayers, my like I said, my thoughts are not his thoughts. My ways are not his ways, as it says in the book of Isaiah in the 55th chapter. Our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. But I'm going to continue to pray, and we got to continue to believe, and may God's will be done. And that's it. God bless each and every last one of you. Amen. You brothers have a good night, and I'm praying for you. I'm praying for all of my children to be preachers and teachers of the gospel, like I told you. And right now, at this moment, it seems like that's as far as way as me here in Columbia and Jerome and Baltimore and whatnot, right. but I'm still yet praying for it and whatnot right. for that to happen. And I pray that I live to see it. And if I don't, I'm going to continue to pray every day that all of my children preach and teach the gospel, accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And I'm going to keep doing it. If that woman prayed for 35 years and it came to pass, <laughs> why mine can't come to pass with all of my children and grandchildren being preachers and teachers of the gospel? Amen. Amen. God bless. Amen. Good job, Brother Cole. Love you, man. Brother Jerome. Hey, good night. Good night, Glenn. I appreciate everybody's comments, and I really liked it tonight. Amen. I mean, I just like I just like studying the word with you guys, and that's all I have. Amen. Good job, Jay. Love your energy tonight, man. Good job. You always take us to a place we we don't always know where it at, but we know we're going to a place with you, man. My my takeaway is to be to for me personally is to learn to start praying with patience with the focus on wholeness 
right. especially in terms of healing. Right. In terms of healing, my prayer got to be quality prayer. It can't have a time limit because I've, I've, I don't know if we was taught to pray that way or we've <laughs> seen people pray that way. But now moving forward, I, I'm going to pray with quality. And if my conversation with God lasts, it lasts. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't want to get up leaving just because it's been 30 seconds or it's been two minutes or whatever. I want it to be quality and I want to focus on wholeness and the things that I'm praying in terms of healing. So, man, Amen. great night, Brother Glenn. Um, before I turn it over to you, Brother Ch- brother Charles had a grandson. Um, brother Darren had a gig tonight. Um, brother Josh, <clears throat> Brother Josh, close, close cousin, um, Shaquille, mom died um, not too long before we logged on. So keep him lifted in prayer. And I think that's it. So, Brother Glenn. Amen. So again, brothers, thank you all for the opportunity, man. Thank God for the opportunity to speak on his behalf tonight, man. It's just, this thing has been dealing with me for almost two weeks, brothers. And I mean, it, it's really been something myself that I've been dealing. And God has given me a game plan. I mean, that which has been so awesome to see what he's telling me to do. And I'm going to follow it and, and watch the end result. And right. I'm just going to share once everything has come to fruition what what he did for me because it is, it's been a lot because, you know, you're talking to about a person that has been really at death's door and didn't know if I was going to come back. And I'm still here six years later. Amen. And Amen. It's, it's awesome. And it's to know that he, he can still do the impossible. And Amen. I want to encourage my brothers and sisters that may log on that, it may look dire, but it's still he's in control. So what we right. ask you. Yes, um, he is. I'm going to go ahead and pray us out, man. I, I just bless God. I'm so full right now. I'm trying to fight back this. <laughs> I know yes. how much you know, it, it meant for me, for him to speak these last few weeks, what he's been speaking. Amen. Father God, it's in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, God, always for the opportunity to break the bread of life. God, to learn even more of you. God, as we come right now, God, we don't come only on the behalf of ourselves, God, but we come on the behalf of our brothers and sisters, God. Brother George's son, God, um, what he's dealing with in his mind, God. Um, uh, Brother Billy's granddaughter and uh, with COVID, his friends and father, um, the people that had death in their family, the Boyd family and um, the Brown family. We got... um, Josh, dealing with the death of his, his family member, God. Yeah. Father, you know, God, that not only they are dealing with things, God, but there are other brothers and sisters that are log on tonight, God, that have issues in their life, and they're asking you for healing for, Father. But I want to step up on the behalf of my brothers and sisters, God, and ask for fullness for all of us, God. There are so many things that are attached to what we've been going through, God, that we've only been looking at that one part, God, not knowing that we had the authority by your word to ask for the rest. So, God, we ask for the completion of the matter, the wholeness, God, to be set right, made right in your eyes by your Holy Spirit, God. Continue to open up the airways, God, that we will give more opportunity to ask what must I do to be saved, God. And, God, give us the words to speak to our brothers and sisters that don't know you for the partnering of this thing, God, to to get them to form a relationship with you, not with us, God, but with you through us, if possible, God. And if we're not with us, God, to to help them find a place where they feel comfortable to ask the questions that they need. 
God, we thank you for this journey that we're on together, Father. We ask you to continue just to keep using us for the upbuilding of your kingdom. God, Amen. we take great glory unto ourselves, but we give it over to you. Everything that we do is for pleasing in your sight, God. We thank you for every man attached to this call, every family that's attached to every man, every friend, every situation, comrade, and acquaintance, God. Father, we speak for all of it, Father. We thank you that you're moving on our behalf. Look upon this world, God. We stand in the need of a healing, God, but not in a healing of just the situation, but a whole entire. You said in your word, if my people. And Father, we stand now in the behalf of your people, God, and we humbly ask you to heal this land, Father. We thank you for everything you're doing. It's in the master's name of Jesus Christ, we do pray. On agreement, say amen and amen. 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 Hey, real, real quick, uh, Brother Prentice is teaching next Tuesday with Jerome on standby if something comes up. And if nothing comes up, Jerome, next Tuesday, that Tuesday after. And the Tuesday after that, I, I would like to jump into the book. Um, start breaking it, walking through the book and having some goodness. I think that that would be a really good thing for us. I, I'm going to be texting everybody so you'll know what we're talking about. So just want to shoot that out. Everybody have a blessed week, a great weekend. See you guys next Tuesday. Love y'all. Love bro. Y'all right. Hey, Golden, Brother Robert, y'all on Saturday? I'll be there with the hills. You'll be there in some hills. Man, you heard that. I said, yeah. Man, get out. I heard the same thing. I was like, what? Yeah, somebody said, good night. You said you gonna wear some heels. You ain't gonna be there with me. Hey, about to spit on some stilettos. Hey, look at look at y'all saw Dakota doing that drinking. Don't try to put that on. Me. <laughs> he ain't gonna be picking no trash up with me with no heels on. I can promise you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, same place. I, I'll text you guys later on this week. Too. Uh, no. Is it still twelve o'clock? Was it still twelve o'clock? That's what you said. That's what it was the last time. Glenn, y'all want to roll with us? I, I got, I'm going. Um,